Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of At the Movies with Cash and Hightower. This is Cash. And you got Hightower here. How you doing, Cash? I'm doing good, man. I'm excited to talk about Big. <laughs> Swerve. <laughs> oh, that's right. I was I was ready just to go into the episode. I forgot. We pulled a fast one. We did. So instead of Big, we decided we were inspired by the Major League Baseball game that happened like two weeks ago now. Yeah. It feels like. At the time, though, it was it was a hot topic. That's right. So some of you people may have watched a baseball game that happened in Dyersville, Iowa, like last Thursday or something like that, around then. Yeah. So we decided to pull a fast one because we were inspired. We were living in the living in the now, and we pulled the switcheroo. So sorry. My apologies go out to Tom Hanks. Uh, sorry for the embarrassment. We'll, we'll, we'll make yeah. sure we get to it. We promise. We'll follow back. But this week, we're going to uh, talk about 1989's Field of Dreams. Yeah, I uh, I hadn't watched this all the way through in probably close to 10 years. I've seen it, and it's on TV a lot, obviously, so you know, I just kind of catch bits and pieces here. So I, it was a good suggestion. It was a timely topic, and uh, I've, got, I've got some thoughts on this movie I'm going to share with everybody. Yeah, just out of the gate, just remember, this is like one of my dad's favorite movies, so I just want to put that out there. I, I mean... I'm I'm not going to be mean, I promise. <laughs> I'm just going to point out some things. Yeah. So okay, so what what's when's the first time you saw this movie, do you think? Oh, the first time I actually remember like catching any of it on TV, I was definitely like middle school, high school. But I think it was just because like I even at that point like I was watching Major League, I was watching I both first and second Major League, I was watching League of Their Own, like I was like, "Oh, that's good. Like those are my baseball movies." And uh, I just never really like super got into it, and then I like I said I saw it about ten years ago, finally all the way through, and I was like, yeah, you know, it's it's okay, like I get it. Uh, it's not my favorite, but you know, so not too bad. And then obviously, yesterday, because I just said, hey, I'm gonna watch it yesterday. So <laughs> that's that is my rough history with this. I'm trying not to go too in depth because yeah, save it. I want to save it. So my history is again. I just said this is my dad's one of his favorite movies, right? If not his favorite, but. So we watched this quite a bit growing up back in the day. Uh, a lot of we owned the VHS, so okay. we watched it quite a bit. Right. I feel like we we're a pretty big uh, Costner household too. Like we had a lot of Costner flicks. I'd say like maybe after Harrison Ford, Costner might be my dad's favorite actor. Yeah. So yeah, and I enjoy him too. So we had we just uh, watched a lot of his movies, but I feel like Field of Dreams may have been the most watched. Costner flick at our house. The missus is, I think I've told you before, she is a huge Kevin Costner fan, so she was yes. fired up about watching this one, too. Um, yeah, and I got nothing nothing but respect for the cause. I'm going to call him the cause, even though the it's... The cause. <laughs> you have nicknames for Sandy and... Sandy B. I was talking to my sister, and I made a, I made a bold claim that... So I just watched Jungle Cruise this last weekend. Oh, yeah? How was it? I was How talking to my it? sister. I actually, it was really good. It was really, the, the joke I told you about the cross-eyed ex-girlfriend <laughs> yeah <laughs> i actually stole that from the rock from jungle cruise interesting about how i think she was seeing someone on the side it was yeah. uh i was interested in that you actually kind of piqued my interest on that so i still need to watch it it's pretty it's pretty well done i enjoyed it quite a bit yeah anyway that's it wasn't your point i'm sorry but yeah so i don't even know what, I, what point i was making but oh i yeah so i replaced sandy b with emily blunt ah i'm gonna start calling her emmy b emmy b I love her. I like that. She's fantastic. Yeah, I. Um, I'm trying to think of all the stuff that she's been in, and I like. I'm, I'm like you. I, I like Emily Blunt too. But going back to Quiet Place. Going back to the Coster Coster man. 
He was in the second best adaptation of Wyatt Earp. That's right. <laughs> hey, and Burt Lancaster, who is yes, has a small role in this film, also played Wyatt Earp in the was it the gunfight at OK Corral? I think so. Yeah, one of those that was because Kirk Douglas was Doc Holliday in that, I believe. Mm-hmm. So there you go. It all small comes, world. It all comes everything, back. everything ties together. Also starring. This film, Phil Dreams, also yes. starring James Earl Jones, mm-hmm. famously the voice of Darth Vader. He apparently hates baseball in real life, even though he did this and The Sandlot, so yeah, it's kind of no weird. Kidding. And then Amy Madigan, who for the longest time I only knew of for her from this movie, but she's also in Streets of Fire, I believe, that, uh, oh. but I saw that like later in life, so... I have seen. I watched that like out of curiosity. It was on Netflix. Yeah, Bill Paxton cameo in that movie. Yeah, he's got a very small role. Rick Moranis. It's a weird movie. It's very weird, but that there's a really good song in it. Rick Moranis being a bad guy in that movie, I think, is what. Yeah, he's like a. I couldn't do it. Yeah. But I can dream about you. Is that the song that's, that's in song. it? Great yeah. song. Yeah, it's great song. Yeah, great song. Nice. Okay, so should we jump right into? Yeah, we can do it. Field of Dreams. Absolutely. Um, Opening up, uh, kind of get the opening narration from Kevin Costner talking about kind of his life, his backstory, and everything. So, uh, boiling it down, I think to its simplest terms, uh, young young man, uh, his dad kind of wanted him to follow in the family footsteps, be responsible. And Kevin, I should say Ray, I'll, I'll, I'll address him as Ray because that is his name <laughs> yes, in the Ray in Kins- the film. Ray Kinsella. Ray Kinsella says, uh, "I'm out." Heads to Berkeley at 17. Meets uh, meets Annie. His future wife from Iowa from Iowa and then comes back uh, talks about the fact that his dad passed away and that he got back for the funeral but never really got to reconcile with his dad which will be a big point of this film obviously that's right and right out of the shoot just you know my wife bet me I wouldn't buy a farm in Iowa and here I did I bought a farm in Iowa like <laughs> That's a bold strategy, my friend. If somebody bets you you can't do something, you don't always have to do it. <laughs> it's kind of a bummer of an intro, man. Like, it is. Like, you just immediately find out that this guy and his dad had, like, a huge falling out. Yeah. And, like, he just left, and then, like, his dad died, and he... Yeah, it's what a, like, kind of a bummer of a beginning of a film. I, uh, yeah, I, like I said, I don't, I didn't remember every aspect of this, watching it back this time. Like, I obviously knew the highlights, the, the, the build the field, and the you know, heavenly players and everything else and, and having a catch with your dad. I know spoilers, but I did not remember this like opening being kind of, I was thinking the same. I was like, man, this is a, this is a real downer of an opener here. Yeah. I always associate this with being like a happy movie, but yeah. like, yeah, it's, it's a weird, uh, first step. I do have some comments too, later on some things that I, I have questions on and maybe because I just haven't seen it as much. I want to ask you, cause obviously I think I, of the two of us, you are a resident expert. I have a trivia question for you. Yes. When they are in that montage, that opening, kind of he tells a story of their like life and how they bought the farm in Iowa. Mm-hmm. What realtor company did they use? Oof, I did not pay that close it attention. It is a national realtor, realtor company. Century 21. Century 21, okay. I don't know why, I just saw that. And I was like, oh, I'm going to write that down. That's okay. Hey, it's fun facts. That's what we're here. We're sprinkling fun facts. Century 21 sponsoring the show tonight, guys. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks for your support. Century 21. I don't know what their motto is, but they're doing a hell of a job. (laughs) Sell your house with us. (laughs) (laughs) So, and this is just, again, this is me probably just being stupid. I'll admit it. Um, I don't know why. I always thought it was if you build it, 
he will come at the beginning, but it is not. At the beginning, it is if you build it, they will they come. They will come. That's right. I just – I don't know. I was always like, oh, if you build it, he will come. It's one of those Mandela effect yeah. things that people always are like, it, man, like it's a different alternate – I'm like, no, you idiots just heard it wrong. And we he, just found out that we were actually in an alternate right. universe tonight actually, but we recovered oh, right. it. <laughs> yeah, we found we found our first lost episode of yeah, at more, the movies with Cash and Hightower. More to come on that, but um, – yeah, I do appreciate the fact that this movie just – I mean, it just dives right into it. Like, there's not there's not a lot of setup. It's like he's just literally standing out in the cornfield, and he hears that voice, and, like, pretty quickly it's like, if you build it, they will come. If you build it, they will come. And then he sees the cartoon drawing of a baseball field on the horizon, and he tells his wife, like, hey, i got to build a baseball field out here. Guess that vision scene is weird because it, like, shows, like you said, some really great animation work yeah. on the – cornfield but also there's like a quick cut to shoeless joe jackson yes like i don't know if he's as they go through like the car like the old cards right yeah it's like what the it's like that's really weird i don't i didn't remember that either so i i mean and who knew shoeless joe jackson looked exactly like ray liotta i know it's It's, weird the resemblance is uncanny (laughs) it's like weird he looks like an actor right now how about that um I do have to say, so um, one of the things that I, I pointed out watching it this time, because I'm watching it through, admittedly, a pretty critical lens, so if people want to come at me, that's fine. Uh, his wife is just entirely too understanding about his visions and his desires and how it's going to affect the family. I get it being supportive. Yeah, early on, she totally is, like, strangely on board. It's a movie, but whatever. Oh, yeah. But then, like, later on... There's later on where he makes like a little bit more of like a seemingly like normal request or something that makes I feel like it makes a little more sense than like tearing down your entire like livelihood and building a baseball field. Yeah. Then she's like, hey, oh, it's when he wants to go to Boston. She's like, she's putting up, she's putting the kibosh yeah, on it. Yeah, but immediately caves. But yeah, then it caves when she shares that she had a similar dream. That's like, true. We're, we're getting way ahead of ourselves, but That's, yeah, you're yeah. right. She like is on board way too easy <clears throat> this time. But, like, on the flip side of that, so he, he's telling his wife, like, initially it's like, I keep hearing this voice. She's giving him a hard time about it, which I was like, all right, that's that's funny. Like, that's something that I would do if if my wife came in, like, hey, I heard this crazy voice, like, in my head or something. Like, okay, yeah, haha. But then he goes into town to take their daughter, Karen. I believe that's Karen. Yeah. It is. Um, takes her to school, and then he goes to that shop, and he's talking to that guy, and he's like, yeah, I heard a voice or something like that, and like literally everybody in that story is way too on pins and needles oh, yeah. about his story, like, look at this guy. That old guy, the old farmer he talks to, who's like wearing like the seed hat, mm-hmm. and like that guy reminds me so much of my grandpa, it's so really? funny. Like, man, that totally, they could have cast him in that scene. I mean, I, just, I feel like these townspeople, like, I mean, I get it, the, the whole like small town vibe and stuff like that, but... These people are way too invested in his life. Um, do you are you familiar with the Jimmy Stewart movie called Harvey? I am not. Is that what she was watching? That's the movie that uh, Karen is watching, and like, I meant to look it up and then I forgot. I was hoping. Yeah, and he would like shut it off immediately and was like, he was like, "You're gonna be it's scared stupid or, or something. something like that." He says like, scary or something. I thought. Yeah. He said. It's a 1950 film. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I've I'd never seen that one. Like, I was watching, I'm trying to think, of course, anytime I see, like, anybody in a movie watching a Jimmy Stewart movie, I'm like, oh, they're watching It's a Wonderful Life. Apparently there's a tall, white, invisible rabbit involved. Tall, white, invisible so rabbit. He's, like, he's like uh, he has, and he's later, or they're trying to commit him to a sanatorium, so. Interesting. Never even heard of it. That Maybe that explains why Ray was real upset with his dog. He's like, yeah, turn that off. Like, n- no good. <laughs> 
So he's like seeing things. Yeah. Like, like he is. Interesting. Okay. Okay. okay that, that ties in a little bit more. Yeah, now that like makes it. a little bit more sense. Good catch. Will Smith just hit a home run. All right. Um, Not the Fresh Prince, the catcher for the Dodgers. Obviously. So, and this again, too, like, he's explaining to his wife, like, okay, I think I need to build this baseball field. And I know it sounds crazy. And, like, he runs through this whole scenario and still is, like, his rationale is, like, I need to do something crazy before I'm old because I felt like by the time I knew my dad, he was an old man. And he's, like, he never forgave his dad for getting old? Yeah. The What in the world? I mean, Kevin's probably in his mid 30s early 30s at this point yeah what's he i think he ages himself didn't he say he's like 36 or something yeah like i don't know i i mean not that that's young or not that that's old but i mean when i heard that i immediately was like man i would have been on your dad's side you seem like a real jerk i feel like ray throws a a few temper tantrums throughout his his time here well and i'll talk about it where i I have examples you know i feel like i totally get where he's coming from actually like there's times like i feel like i can relate to this because there's times where I even I like I feel like I tell my kids no a lot. Mm-hmm. And I'm like after the fact I'm like gosh I'm just such like like probably like a boring dad. That's like fair. I always tell my kids no and like like do they even like hang out with me? Like you know it's, I mean we're on vacation we're having fun but like yeah I feel like I mean my kids do ask like literally one thousand questions a day. But I mean I get it. Are like, you? I thought you were gonna open up and talk about you were upset at Papa Hightower for being old now and you you resent him for it. No, not at all. <laughs> My it dad, happens. I my get dad it. still seems young, but yeah. he's not. But he I, seems I know what way. you mean. But yeah, I just like I, at the end of the day, I feel like he's like he doesn't want to turn into his father, and he doesn't right. want to turn into like you know, he envisions his dad as being like lame and like a yeah. stick in the mud. And we know a stick in the mud. He's slowly turning into that. We do know <laughs> a stick in the mud. I do have to say, like the the montage, then putting the field together too, like. I don't know if I'm his wife. I'm saying like, okay, you can put a baseball field in, but it's not going to be a major league quality right, field, like regulation lights. Yeah. I made, I made the comment. I said, I don't know who's maintaining that field, but they're not getting paid enough. <clears throat> field is pristine looking. He has no more corn to farm. No, harvest. you don't have to. It's been all this time manicuring the field. No kidding, but man, it does. I mean, like even for like. 1980s, like not that fields were in bad shape back then, but like looking at that field and watching the movie back, it's like, man, it's a well manicured field. Somebody's out there with scissors trimming the grass to equal lengths. It's pretty incredible. Like just like just the whole idea for the story so far is I'm like all in. Like yeah. I love it. Have you been to Dyersville, Iowa? I have way? not. You've not been to the Field of Dreams. I have not been to the Field of Dreams. I have. <laughs> it's magical. Did you see Shoeless Joe it come out of the awesome. corn? No, but my sister and I did walk out of the corn. And, and we got, like, my parents took pictures. What was it like on the other side? It was just corn. Damn. There was just more corn. That's a bummer. There was not a there was not an actual Major League Baseball side, field built on the other side you yet. Didn't, so <laughs> still... You didn't run into James Earl Jones hanging out out there with the suspenders and no. Newsies hat? <laughs> I did not see anyone. Baseball. Um... <laughs> Baseball, right? <laughs> so, and I appreciate, too, like... Some of the stuff that I, I actually like about this is like, okay, so he has this, he hears this voice, like, I have to build this field. He goes through, puts, they empty their savings into it, build the field, and nothing happens. And they like passage, like, clearly, like, seasons pass, whatever, comes back, and they're like, okay, there's nothing here. And then finally, his daughter's like, Dad, somebody's outside, you know, yeah. trying to flag him down, and, and Shoeless Joe's out there. And he knew, I mean, he says, like, I know it sounds crazy, but I think Shoeless Joe Jackson will come out here 
And sure enough, at least he was right, and at least his wife sees it. Like, I feel like this movie might have been a little bit more interesting even if his wife and daughter didn't see the players at first. That's good. That's a good take. I like that. I feel like it would have been, like, him trying to convince everybody to, yeah, to like, find their inner kid. and. Yeah, he would have been, like, truly been, like, the actual crazy person. Yeah, that would have been interesting. Would have been an, an interesting side note. No no doubt. And hey, I know, oh, the, uh, Real quick, the when you mentioned how the daughter's like, hey, there's someone in the yard. Like, yeah. I feel like they could totally recut that scene like today, and like that could be like something from like a horror movie. Like, I, I, so, it's so funny. And there's to like say a that. dude just like out in the dark, like on their lawn. Like, I was so when I was watching, like up until that point, I was like, this movie could easily be recut as a horror movie. Yeah, like he's hearing voices out in a cornfield. Yeah, I mean until the baseball field part of it, but like if you're hearing voices out in a cornfield, you're like. Yeah, I've seen this before. There's going to be a bunch of children tie me up and right. <laughs> try and burn me at the stake. Outlander. <laughs> <laughs> I do have to say too, like, okay, so I'm I'm picturing like if this is me, Shoeless Joe Jackson is not my all-time hero baseball player. I understand with the for the purposes of the story why it is. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking to myself, if I built a farm on my house and I had a player come out that I was, like, idolized and thought this would be the coolest. Well, actually, let me do this. Who would yours be? If I could bring back any player. Yeah, to, like, have a catch, hit hit fly balls, pitch to him. A dead player? Dead. Yeah, we're going to go dead because that's obviously the premise and of this And I bring movie. him back, like, in their prime, obviously, like, like Shoeless Joe was. Yeah. Oh, man, that's a tough. That's like Hank Aaron just recently passed away, so he's, like, fresh in my mind. Yeah. Which is fair. I mean, I feel like that's Hammer a, and Hank. Yeah, is I feel like that's a pretty good the one. true, the true home run king. Home run king. I'm, yeah, I'll go. With, I'll go Hammer and Hank. That's I. I, I respect that. I mine's mine's easy. Mine's Stan Musial. I would, oh yeah, Stan the man. Stan the man. One. Great dude. Just that's a good one. I'd freak out. And the reason I say that is because I think to myself. So he's obviously first off. I don't know that he's like. I don't. I didn't know that this was actually going to happen. But I think he was surprised. Obviously, that it panned out this way. He's awestruck, and so the first time he tosses that ball up and totally Dude, flubs it, I was like, "Love it." Okay, I love that fact because that is a one hundred percent. If I was hitting a fly ball to Stan Musial or ground yeah. ball to Stan Musial, I'd be like, "I would totally botch right. the first one." I feel like baseball coaches out there will will like totally understand this. Like first fly ball of the season, you know, you get out yeah. there and you're just like, "Yeah, you're not really. You haven't hit too many, and you just like totally like, like hit one about two feet away from you." Yeah, and he's like, "Sorry, oh I'll, yeah, I'll get some out there to you." I, we did so we had like we actually had practice last week finally for a team that I'm coaching and I like tried to hit something or I can't tried to throw to somebody and I haven't thrown a baseball in probably two years because of COVID. Oh, right. As soon as I did, like my shoulder popped. The ball went like 80 feet the wrong direction. I'm like, oops, sorry about that. Yeah. Whoops a daisy. <laughs> Whoops a daisy. Get get away from you. It does. It happens, man. Um. So anyway, um, I, and the other thing I too I noted so. Uh, he hits he hits a couple of fly balls and he comes in and obviously he's talking talking with Ray and then he's like hey do you pitch you, can you throw and he's like, yeah I'll throw it to him so Joe's like you know where where do you want it we don't have a catcher and he goes yeah just throw it close I'll hit it yeah I, I said it. I specifically said Joe's philosophy on hitting was mine too don't need a catcher if it's close enough to swing at there you go that's how I roll I like it. <laughs> oh hey Ray Liotta had some decent cuts too he did yeah like there's a couple where they like. They do some little camera magic, but there's a couple that are legit Leota cuts, man. I know. I think of the same thing. Like, I always watch if there's a baseball movie. Like, I think I've, I've mentioned this before. My, like, Rookie of the Year was a fun movie when I was a kid, but watching it now, I cannot stand watching the actual baseball in that movie. It is so it is bad. horrendous. I, I think agree. that's why I like Major League and Little Big League, because they actually 
like the the people that are doing it like actually look yeah. like what they're doing. Right. They filmed the scene and yeah. if it didn't look good. They do a little bit of magic, but yeah, like rookie of the year is like almost one hundred percent like movie magic. Yeah. Scenes. But yeah, I'm like you. I, I was thinking the same thing. Like I'm watching him swing and I'm going, okay, does his swing even look remotely normal? Which I think it does. There's a couple that you can tell like are yeah. pop ups or right. something like that. But yeah, for the most part, not too bad. Like the line drive back up off the bucket of balls, whatever that was a. Uh, that was like not movie magic. That was like legit. I was gonna say because that there's no way they could have planned that. And Mac. Kevin Costner's reaction is like, "Yeah, good for him for acting that way." Because like, if yeah. I get a ball hit back at me like that, like I'm not getting up like smiling about it. Probably I'm right. like, "Dear God, it's great acting." <laughs> that would not have felt good. The only problem with this is, Sheila Joe Jackson, left-handed. Mm. Ray Liotta, right-handed. I thought you were gonna say he had shoes on. Well, that too. <laughs> I've gotten over that. Like, and that really used to bug me when I figured when I like got into like old school baseball players, like yeah. more like high school, college age. But and I found out she was Joe's left-handed and like rewatched this movie. I was like, what the heck? They couldn't. They didn't even get that fact right. This like, movie's what? not even historically accurate. Yeah. It's like, well, they would have had to, like recast Ray Liotta and like it was yeah. like the director's like, who cares? Yeah. I mean, that's fair. I yeah, mean, it's not a big deal. But if, it, if people are coming out of a cornfield. As a left-handed person, it, I'm not happy <laughs> about it. The right-handers are taking jobs away from the left hand. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you anti-lefty, anti-dentite. Not, not cool, man. <laughs> I do have to say, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I understand it's a, an often quoted line. You know, is this heaven? No, this is Iowa. Even a dead person wouldn't mistake Iowa for heaven. I'm sorry. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> have you been to Iowa? <laughs> I have. <laughs> Although, I mean, it is the birthplace of John, John Wayne. John Wayne, that's right. So Winter maybe, said maybe, Iowa. It, maybe I'm wrong. I probably am. That quote, by the way, is used several times throughout the film. It it's is. Like, it's a little bit different each time. It is. Because at the very end, he doesn't say no. He just says, it's Iowa. Yeah. So, yeah, there's like several. There's a couple variations on that. And he, did, he even said, like, it, maybe it is. Maybe it is happening. That's right. So, we don't know. I also, um, before we get too much further into this, and again, this is probably just me being stupid. I again, I'll, I'll admit this, and anybody feel free to yell at me if you want to. What? Who is the voice? Is it God? Ooh, is it? I had this. I had a, this was my one of my questions for you. Theon. Okay. I'm glad you brought it up. Okay, so you're asking like, who in the movie world is the voice? I don't know. Like, I don't know what the voice is. I, I think it's supposed to be Shoeless Joe Jackson. I think you're right. Like, I'm after watching it and like seeing the way that the, obviously the movie plays out. I think you're right. But I'm watching it the first or not the first. I'm watching it last night. and I'm like. Who is this voice supposed to be? Is this God? Is this some angel? Is this just a, a right. corn spirit? <laughs> I'm going corn spirit. I feel like I they like make it. you think it's Shoeless Joe, but then at the end, Shoeless Joe's like, "No, it was you." And you're like, "What?" Like some like mind crazy thing yeah. where like it Kevin Costner's character is talking to himself. Could be. So this is like a number twenty three, or is like a so, secret yeah. window situation now. Right. So, but so since we're already talking about it, my question was going to be, so there's like. For whatever reason, no one has – there's no IMDb credit. There's no – like, they don't – it's like a mystery of who who did the voice. Yeah. Like, who do you think actually – like, what actor do you think did Ooh, the voice? Ooh, I don't know. Like, Costner, Leota, like, someone totally different? I th- I think – I'm going to say Leota. That's what – that's, like, the most – like, people think it's Leota, which also makes you think it's Shoeless Joe. Yeah. But there's, like, some crazy rumor, like, that it's, like, no – that's uh, – that it's like Ed Harris who was married to Amy Madigan at the time and like 
people like not involved with the film. It's just it's crazy. I, just, I mean, it doesn't. But I'm like, sound how do like they not know who who freaking did the audio? Like, you think you would know? Yeah, it doesn't sound like Ed Harris to me. Like, I no. think of Ed Harris's voice, and I don't think it sounds like Kevin Costner either. Right. I don't think. It, yeah, I don't know. That's a tricky question. I don't know. Or it could just be some totally random person. Yeah, like or that. just somebody like they paid five bucks. Like, hey, just go say these four lines into this microphone and whisper them. It was actually uh, Lionel Richie. You smell like strawberries. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Jesus, <laughs> pay. So this, then we get into um, after that. Um, I, I told you this is my fan theory here. So we get the next scene of the, the family oh. sitting around the table. Why? Uh, go ahead. Mark, this is actually Luke Collins, who goes by Mark initially and then yeah. decides to have a name change and then becomes the first baseman for the Minnesota Twins. That's right. You're referencing Little Big League. Of course. Which is Tim Busfield's the actor. But yeah, this character also shows up in Little Big League as Luke Collins. And in my note here, I wrote, enter Luke Collins. Enter Luke Collins. Hey, <laughs> something else, too. Just totally not talked about. Nobody acknowledges. What a, just a tremendous looking beard on him in this movie. I agree. The it red, is sharp. It's hard to pull off the red beard. Well, not only is it hard to do, but it is it is thick. It is very very well manicured. It is tight like a tiger. Yeah, it's someone that is supposedly from Iowa. That's a farm person because he keeps talking about trying to. <laughs> I feel like it wouldn't take that much time to be prim and proper on it. Right. Like, if I'm a farmer, I'm like whatever. I'm just gonna do my thing. I'm gonna farm. Yeah, I agree. Good but, looking, great beard. But t- yeah, tip top. But this is where like the beginning of the this is a bad idea. You're cutting into your crop and you're not going to be able to, you know, support your family, support the house, pay, make the payments on the house. So he's very much, I, I mean, and again, I get this, like he's a stick in the mud, but I mean, looking at it from a realistic perspective, like yeah, that's a be. brother looking out for yeah, a sister right. saying like, I mean, they definitely play it like he's doing it for profit and like, cause he yeah. wants, he wants to sell the farm. Right. But at the same time, this guy is 100% right. Yeah, I, I, and that's what I'm thinking. Like, I'm watching this and just going like, okay, so a lot of these character interactions, and there's some later on too, where the person that's like giving the realistic response is always like made out to be the jerk and something like that. And I'm like, look at it, looking at it from a realistic standpoint. I'm like, yeah. that that's a that's a legitimate point that you're bringing up there. Yeah, without the movie magic and the like paranormal, the supernatural element to the film. Yeah, that is the good way to go yeah um but yeah so he's he's obviously kind of a curmudgeon and then um ray and karen go out and they see that there's more players out there now the socks have shown up the eight men the that eight were men banned out are now in eight men out are now in eight men in um <laughs> eight men in iowa that's right <laughs> alternate title to the movie that's the sequel <laughs> But again, like so, they're they're out playing, they're having fun, talking about stuff too. And I, I, like I said, I appreciate this. And this is like we were watching it last night, and the missus was like, like I don't fully understand why these two can see it and he can't. And I said, so my understanding is like, okay, these two are imaginative. They kind of like young at heart. Like they're they're wanting to relive their childhood. They're having fun. And Mark is the curmudgeon that can't think outside the box like that's, that's right. i think that's what we're going for here it's like uh lying the witch in the wardrobe it's like you know the uh c.s lewis wow well, chronicles what is that i'm wow i'm blinking chronicles of narnia chronicles of narnia thank you wow <laughs> it's anyway, the chronic what the kids, kills of narnia <laughs> <laughs> when the kids get too old they can't they they lose the magic that's like hook yeah so it's like you're right like the 
they're like young at heart and they like you know they they don't uh they have open minds and hearts and it's totally 100 percent why they can see yeah and i mean and she's like so why is it like that i was like i don't know to me like this movie like at, obviously at the essence of it, it's like having a catch with your dad at the end and like you know don't having good oh, yeah. family relationships. this but, is all father-son relationships but it's still like i'm she's like why don't i just don't understand i was like i don't know to me this is like people should just be in my opinion and i again i know i'm not in the majority here always but i feel like people growing up should have some sort of fond memories of going to baseball games watching baseball like i can remember going to games in the Amen. 90s watching ray lankford and brian jordan bj did i tell you my bj story brian yeah, jordan story yeah you did about how he, I saw him in Atlanta and his bag was, backpack was open. Nearly I, saved him. I yelled at him to like, I was going to be like, hey, your bag's... Ab-. And then he turned around because I yelled at him yep. and his everything in his backpack spilled out on the ground. I was like, oh, so close. Sorry. I, uh, I'd i like to think he's going to listen to this and be like, that's the guy. He's like, <laughs> he's that, the one he's that like, almost that saved me. That guy set me up, man. That guy, what a jerk. If I wouldn't have turned, all that stuff wouldn't have fallen out. But yeah, out. I just, I don't know, like this movie to me is like, because they talk about it a couple different times, especially when, when Terrence Mann comes in here shortly, but... Like, you know, th- I, this is what I grew up watching. This is what I did. Like, I, I feel like there's a parallel line of baseball is a part of youth and upbringing and also having a good relationship with your father in this specific sure. incident. But I'm getting deep here. I'm getting too deep into the weeds. I apologize. That's why I can't believe that you don't like this film. Spoilers. Coming from a <laughs> baseball family. and your, I can respect what it's dad. going for. The baseball guy, you're a baseball guy. I, I can respect what it's going for. At the end of the day, this movie is just all about relationships and second chances. I'm all about burning bridges and having terrible relationships. My why goodness. do you why do you think we <laughs> why do you think we're so combative <laughs> on these podcasts? I hate you. Oh man. <laughs> I love dude, my favorite parts of these films though is when all the old timers are like playing I like all the baseball scenes. I yeah. like them just like yep. you know, like when they're out there like, you know, cursing and you know apologizing to karen and yep. or like later on the film when they're actually playing like a inner squad game and yep those are probably the greatest parts of the film yeah like i have no complaints about those parts absolutely love not. them i need more of that actually i i agree and i think that's part of my gripe with the film yeah, i'll give you my I'll there's give a you few my, tangents that the film definitely goes on I, agree. I will give you my synopsis at the very end my boiled down version <laughs> i can't wait for everybody can hear but anyway so yeah they get done the go back to the movie sorry everybody um White Sox get done with, like, their inner squad kind of thing, and then they're talking with Ray, like, okay, like, Ray, come on, whatever, which is funny, but then ease his pain. That's right. Ease his pain. So if you build it, they will come and ease his pain. That's right. And to his point, I mean, I appreciate the fact that he's like, what does that even mean? He doesn't hear anything. Like, thanks a lot. Like, yeah, I feel, like he definitely, I feel like he reacts better this time around. Definitely. Like, the first time he's, like, way too blindly yeah. following it. Um this time, you know, it does that, but then they're getting ready to go to the PTA meeting. Oh, God. This PTA meeting. Worst scene of the movie? Oh, like, hands down. Yeah. Like, 100%. Because I, I said, I, first off, I love the over-the-top over portrayal of small-town mentality. Like, we're going to ban books, and we don't want this, and this is pornography, or whatever That's else. Right. I'm like, I haven't been to many PTA meetings, but I'd like to thank our local. So, first, so first thing, sh- did you hear the shout-out to Wizard of Oz? I did. So there you go. That was that was for you. Very much. Second of all, this so this is this book or this film was based on a book, mm-hmm. and the Terrence Mann character is actually supposed to be J.D. Salinger. Really? So at this PTA meeting, they're supposed to be talking about J.D. Salinger books and how you know how like Catcher in the Rye is pretty mm-hmm. controversial and things yeah. like that. So 
that's who they're actually talking about J.D. Salinger's books. Fun fact. I did not know that. But yeah, worst scene of the movie by far. Yeah, one hundred. It's just because it's just like it kind of comes out of left field. Yeah, it makes no sense. And like the fact that he connects, he Ter- figures out it's Terrence Mann. For yeah, this is absurd. And that's so. All right, I'm just gonna go ahead and say this. So that's part of my gripe with this movie is like, okay, he has the vision of the field, okay, and then he hears ease his pain. And then he just so happens to go to this PTA meeting and figures out Terrence Mann. Then he just so happens – he goes to Boston and sees the scoreboard. And then he goes to Minnesota. Like there's just – everything that happens, I understand it's supposed to be like fate and he's being led this direction. But it, the movie – like to me when I'm watching, like this just seems like they're like, okay, we have to get him here. So let's just throw him here and then here's the next plot point. I just hey, – that was a little frustrating for it's me. It's pretty simple. It's just primal forces of nature. <laughs> That's right. I appreciated that. It's the primal forces of nature. Yeah, what am like, I, all, I can't dispute that. It's all BS. That's right. Yeah, like the fact that his it was so his dad's name is in a Terrence Mann story. Yeah, the story's not about his dad, right? No. Yeah, that's like it's, it's just like, his what name. a total coincidence. Yeah, yeah right, right. So dumb. There's a lot of coincidences in this movie, but like I said, I like again. I understand what it's going for, so I, it's not one of those things. I was like, "This ruins the movie for me." I was just—I'm watching it, just trying to be observant. Like, there's a lot of okay, he needs to get here, so just make him go here, right? And people go along with it, or they are over the top against it. Like, there's no in between. Yeah, I mean, if you can go with ghost baseball players, I feel like I was like, "All right, I'll keep going with it," yeah. even though this scene is lame. Yeah. So yeah. Um, <clears throat> That's when he, like we talked about, that's where you figure out that they're talking about Terrence Mann with ease his pain. And he's starting to, he's doing a bunch of research on stuff and he's, he's telling Annie like, okay, so he gave some report because she's trying to figure out, cause he's a writer and I think like a political activist back in the sixties. And she's like, okay, well, what does this have to do with baseball? And he does an article, or he does an interview with somebody saying, like, I used to go down to watch Brooklyn, or go to Brooklyn to watch the games and watch Jackie Robinson. And, you know, I was sad when the Dodgers moved out west and all this other stuff. So he's like, So that's what ease his pain means. And I'm like, Okay, I, I can get on board with that. Like, I'm, I wasn't around when the Dodgers were in Brooklyn, but I could understand why that would be upsetting to people. Right. And this is where, like you said, where he's like, I got to go to Boston to go meet him. And she, like this time, she's like, okay, we have no money left. Like, you did this. Why do you have to see it all the way through? And then they talk about the dream where, like, oh, you were sitting with Terrence Mann, like halfway up the first baseline or whatever, blah, blah. I'm like, again, coincidence. So Right. I feel like as soon as he mentions this Terrence Mann lead, she should have opened with, oh, yeah, I had a dream about him last night. Yeah. And so, and when they could have saved us, they could have saved a fight. And Terrence does that too. A yeah, couple oh, times. Terrence is a huge liar. Yeah, he's a liar. But I will say this: great song on the background on the road trip to Boston, "Jessica" oh. by the Allman Brothers Band. Oh, yes, that's what's playing that's in the right. background. Great song. There's a lot of good background songs. There is yeah. earlier in the movie. This, a good sound, this does have a good soundtrack. It's, I, I, it's, uh, what a day for a daydream. Mm-hmm. When they're what sitting at the, the kitchen table. There? Next. Um, yeah, oh yeah, China Grove. China Grove, yes, there you go. Great song, yeah, Doobie Brothers. Good, right, some good road trip. Pre-Michael McDonald, Doobie Brothers. Hippie van, hippie van music. Oh yeah. So he finds <laughs> his montage of him looking for Terrence too. Like, right. Go to he pays that guy's like go to last house on the right that doesn't have chickens hanging in the window, or whatever. Like, right, the dude with the Celtics hat on. Yeah, good, good stuff. But he finds out, yeah, Terrence is writing programs for children to help solve conflicts. 
I believe, or something like that, like peacefully resolve conflicts or work through their feelings. I can't remember what it was, but he's like working on those computer programs. Peer mediation. So he finds Terrence and <laughs> like going through how he's going to approach the subject with him, and how he's going to try and get him. Like, <laughs> I got a kick out of that too. And then when it, Terrence gets pissed and like throws him out and then he comes back, he's like gives the finger gun and the, and the hand jacket or uh, in the jacket thing. I'm like, all right, that's at least somewhat yeah, comical. That's great. Cause like, uh, cause yeah, Terrence does not believe for a second. He's no. got a gun. You don't have a gun. Yeah. Show it to me. Yeah. Let me I'm see. I'm not going to show you my gun. <laughs> I'm going to beat the hell out of you with this crowbar. <laughs> You're a pacifist. <laughs> it's like he forgot he was a pacifist. Yeah. Weird. He, uh, man, James Earl Jones does a really good grumpy old man here. Yes, like he, does. he is, he is salty to the nth degree and I totally buy it. I love him in this movie because you're right. Like he's super salty at the beginning, but then by the end, man, he's just, you know, lovable James Earl Jones. Yeah, warm again. and fuzzy. That's I, right. It's kind of similar to people uh, will come Ray. <laughs> It's similar to how he is in Sandlot, even though he's not necessarily salty. Yeah, he's just scary. They just think yeah, he's scary. Yeah, right. It's kind of like the old man. What's his name from Home Alone? Oh, yeah, the, the snow shelver guy. Yeah. I, I don't know his that name. guy's name. I know. I forgot his name already. But we, we've identified him. It's okay. Yes, that guy. <laughs> Who also had a fight with his son. That's true. Oh, my gosh. Full circle. It's all coming back. It's full circle. So, yeah, like I said, so he... Ray convinces him to come to Fenway with, again, guy shows up at his door, uninvited, kind of creepy stalkerish, semi-threatens to kidnap you, <laughs> and then he's like, well, you're just not going to quit, are you? Like, I'm pretty sure if somebody showed up at my house and, like, fake tried to kidnap me, and they're like, no, nah, come on, seriously, I, mean, I wouldn't be like, well, I admire your persistence, let's go to a game. Tell you what, let's go get a <laughs> let's go get a dog and a beer. Let's go get a dog and a beer for, what, $8? <laughs> Yeah, that's fake. Combination of the two in 1988. Yeah, actually 89, yeah. I guess that 89, could... yeah. Like, you can't even get a beer for that price I was going to say it's like 850 for a beer. That's obnoxious. You have to take out a freaking second mortgage to get anything. That's crazy. That's crazy. Hey, speaking of this baseball game. Yes, sir. Another trivia question. Mm-hmm. Who were the White Sox playing at this game? Oakland. That is correct. Yes. Ding, 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 ding. Some lefty was bad, and I couldn't really tell who it was. I, who it was I know. I tried to, to. I tried to see too, but they didn't have the right thing up on the screen. Like the thing on the screen was totally different because this is where they like cut out and they show the name of Moonlight. Right. But right, I, yeah, I was trying to. Figure, I, every time I see like old clips of, because they do it in Major League too a couple times. Like not when the player, not when they show the players, but like stock footage of baseball games. I was like, hey, can I make anybody out in here? Do I like actually recognize any of these players? Right. I love doing that too. Decent chance they were on cocaine in the 80s too. Especially Naked Gun. That, that baseball oh, yeah. is fantastic. Oh, yeah. Starring Joe West. And Randy Newman singing his Randy Newman songs. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Red Haid Lady. <laughs> oh, okay. Anyway, um, yeah, so they're sitting there, and he's trying to take notes and trying to figure out, and then, like, the screen kind of freaks out and shows was, okay, Archibald Moonlight Graham. Yeah, he shows, like, the one the one game played, zero at-bats. Zero at-bats. And then the go the distance. Go the distance. So we have... Maybe it was Michael Bolton. If you... <laughs> Maybe that's the voice. This is the tale of Captain Jack Sparrow. I will go the distance. Um, yeah, and then this is oh, because he brings up he brings up the interview that he did about Jackie Robinson back at the apartment, and he denies it. He's like, I never gave that interview. Yeah, he lied. And then he lied about seeing the scoreboard, which he at least quickly 
says. Right. He jumps in front of the van. Yeah, he jumps in front of the van. He's like, Moonlight Grand, whatever. He's like, so you did see it. So then they kind of like bond. And then he's like, after this, like he's 100% on board. This is good. This was good directing because if you watch this again, if you like rewind the scene or even on a second inspection and you know going into it, if you watch James Earl Jones, he reacts to the scoreboard as well. But you're you're to, you're watching Costner. But like I did you, not notice. If you go back that. and watch it, you're like, oh, he does see something because he kind of like he like he like jerks up he, straight. Does he? Like yeah, I think it's the voice. And then he like kind of like he like leans forward. He like he totally like is looking at the scoreboard. I tried to pay attention. Like when I heard the go the distance thing, I looked over at him. I didn't see him react at that. He totally does. But, maybe um, maybe it's just a scoreboard, but he probably, definitely like makes like a jerk, yeah. or like a sudden movement. You're like, oh, he heard it. Or but something. maybe it was yeah, it's probably overshadowed because Kevin Costner reacts a lot right. more. It like zooms in on him. But yeah, I love it. Like little stuff like that. But yeah, so I like I said, as soon as he like they bond over that little piece, and then he's like, "Well, we're going to Minnesota." Like again, not checking with your wife. You know, you have financial troubles. Right. He does have the montage where he calls and he's like, "Well, we're on our way to Minnesota." A lot of gas money. They definitely they definitely had to add a scene there because there for a little bit it's only Annie talking on the phone and like just dropping exposition. That's true. So like they're like. After they filmed the scene, they're like, "Man, we didn't explain why they're <laughs> like, you know, what's going on at home." And yeah, and the all right, we'll add something in post. Mark and his uh, banker buddies or financial advisors, Ooh, whatever, in the background. That's right. We don't fully understand what's going on, but we know it's not good. It ain't good. Hey, how far do you think it is to drive from Boston to uh, Boston, Chisholm, Minnesota? Boston to Minnesota. Chisholm, Minnesota. Chisholm, specifically. Chisholm. Um, I'm going to guess... John Chisholm. So, Dad and I made it from here to Cleveland in probably six or eight hours. So I'm going to bet it's probably about 12 to 16 hours. That's a that's a big window. 13. A little under 13. Okay. I was in between. I was Fun close. fact. Yeah, you, you hit the 12. You hit the bottom part. I was, yeah. It's like 12.45. I didn't want to overbid. It's like bidding a dollar on the prices, right? I didn't want to overdo it. Uh, one dollar. <laughs> $1, Bob. Thank you. Yeah, it's like $4,326. Uh, one dollar. <laughs> I'm going to come in underneath that one. Um, so yeah, like I say, so he's totally on board. Like they go there, they're going to try and find this guy. So, uh, they, when they get to town, they kind of do like a fun little montage and we find out he has passed. He gone. He has passed away. He was a doctor. He was. And he liked to buy blue hats. <laughs> and he carried a, an umbrella with he him did, at all times. For no particular reason. And his wife's name was Alicia. Alicia. It's just super, a super cordial guy, super nice guy. Everybody yeah. had nothing but nice things to say about him. Um, fun fact. So when I watch this, I'm like, oh, God, I hate this part where they're mm-hmm. in the bar like talking to the old timers. Yeah. Those are actual dudes in real life that knew the real Archibald Graham. No kidding. Fact. Yeah, so they like, I forgot the story. Those guys either, ah, when they were filming this, I forget how they found them. But anyway, it got word that this guy, so it's based off this guy who's a real player. I think he ended up getting some at-bats. Yeah. Like, and it's like when he first started, he got that, that, that part was true. Like he got a play, but didn't get a bat or something. Okay. But anyway, there were some dudes who like knew this guy and they like drove to Iowa at maybe at request or just showed up. I don't remember, but nice. So those guys like came and like the director was like interviewing them. He's like, dude, I gotta put these guys in the in the movie because these are like 
yeah, yeah these are 100% true stories about the real. Yeah, that's a missed opportunity if you don't include that. So. Right, because like, I'm sitting here like, oh, this, why did they include this? This is dumb. And then I saw that, and I was like, oh, my gosh, that's awesome. Yeah, because awesome. those guys don't seem like actors at all when right. they're telling Right, yeah, they're yeah, not. They're so that makes real, sense. They're random dudes, okay. random old friends of Moonlight Grooms. I, I appreciate that more. I know. I was like, wow, that actually is cool now. Yeah. Never mind. I have a whole new appreciation. Never mind. This, this is now our top movie. I'm, I'm kidding. It's I not. feel bad for saying this is <laughs> the second worst part of the movie. So another part that I, again, Ray, Ray is reckless. I'm just going to say this. So they're in the hotel room. He's looking at the newspaper. Oh, Terrence, you're a missing person now. Mm-hmm. His dad tried to contact him, couldn't get in touch with him. He's a missing person. Mm-hmm. So Terrence is going to call his dad. And he's like, I don't even know what I'm going to say. And Ray decides to go out for a walk back to 1972. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I'm watching this. I was like, okay, you have put your family's financial well-being at risk. You have a daughter. Right. You left your wife in this financial hardship. You have not kidnapped somebody. They're, they're coming with you. But you have basically uprooted somebody without much notice. And then you've affected this poor man's father's life who, let's be honest, Ter- James Earl Jones is not – a young man, so his dad's probably pretty advanced in years. So you're putting unnecessary stress on an old man. Did we see the date of the newspaper? Did they show the date of the newspaper? I did not. What if they were back in '72? That is when they started being in 1972. Could be. And James Earl Jones' character is actually dead. It's just part of the you know supernatural element. So even though he finds. Terrence Mann, he's not actually living, and that's why he. But can other go. people can see Terrence. That's why he joins the. Yeah, you're right. They do. But I was gonna say that's why he gets to go into the corn at the end because he's actually dead. Yeah, that's the. I was gonna say at the end, I was like, so, and also Ray is responsible for Terrence's death. Right. So. <laughs> so his father not only lost a son, so he's ruined another father's son. So at the end of the day. I don't know. There's something about that because then he Terrence Mann doesn't even call his dad. Yeah. So you're like, oh man, so like. Is he not alive? Yeah. And already... maybe that's why he says, what would I even say? Right. I don't know. I didn't I've think been, about that. I've been gone for 10 years. Yeah. I'm back. I'm back, baby. But I like this scene where he's talking to Moonlight, and they have kind of the back and forth about, like, what was it like yeah. to, to come this close to your dream? And him being like, you know, I don't have any regrets. I uh, I would have liked to have gotten my at-bat, but... You know, he has he has a story, and then he had a whole town's full of people that loved him, got along with. Story's fantastic. Yeah, like he and obviously it being Burt Lancaster that probably helps. Right. This, this reminds me kind of of like Wayne's World too, and it's. Trump. I know it's a small part, but could we get somebody in who's a little bit better, man? Two blocks up, three left. Gordon Street. <laughs> I do a girl then. Yeah. Thank awesome. you. Yeah, Burt Lancaster just. Man, I don't like. I'm not too familiar with his other films. Like, I know he's just noted as a good actor, but yeah. holy cow, does a great job he with is it. Phenomenal. And I gotta tell you, had I watched this movie a lot closer as a kid, I 100% would have tried the winking tactic, like oh, winking so, yeah, at the picture, being like, I know something's coming that's not. Yeah, it's weird that he winked at the guy. Now I will say, um, he when he does get his at bat later and he winks at the pitcher, like going by nineteen twenties rules, like yeah, that's exactly what would have happened. Oh, yeah, like you would have been ear holed. <laughs> yeah, you're getting you're you're kissing some dirt. But he tells him tells Ray, I say he Moonlight tells Ray that his one wish was they could just get one at bat. That's right. So he could have his one at bat, but he's not going to come with. He might be able to help him out though. That's right. Stay uh, tuned. I best be running along. <laughs> I don't want Alicia thinking I got a new girlfriend. <laughs> 
I love that line. Great, great, great delivery too. Nice he, job. He says it like a couple times. Too. Yeah. It's like okay, yeah, we get it. We all get right, it. all right. Once it landed, bud, let's go. Yeah. So, Ray comes back, tells Terrence like, "Hey," which you know, I mean, at this point, obviously, Terrence is on board with it because he's hearing and seeing things too. But I'm just thinking to myself, like, somebody overhearing this conversation, like, "Dude, I stepped outside. It was 1972. Nixon was up for re-election, and." <laughs> I talked to I talked to this guy and somebody on the back of me like, okay, <laughs> a little bit. Uh, do yeah. not drink the bong water. <laughs> Trip some, tripping on some acid. Yeah, but yeah, he tells him, and then Terrence is like, oh, by the way, your wife called, and you know, make sure to call. And then this is where she tells him like, hey, if they don't sell the farm, they're gonna get foreclosed on. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, Terrence overhears because Ray was, he was ready to. Just keep going. Terrence is like, no, you have to go back. I'm coming with you to Iowa. Yeah, that's right, because he was going to drop him off in Boston. I yeah. take that back. So he was going to drop him off. drive him back to Boston. More that's gas money. Absurd. Just asinine. Like, pay for a plane ticket at yeah, that point. Silly. So then, yeah, they get another road trip here, but they pick up a young Archie Graham on the side of the road. That's right. That's right. So, see, now that your, your theory might be right, because Archie was outside of the baseball field yeah, when they I picked like- him up. It's only when you cross the line, then you can't come back. Like maybe that's what it is. Yeah. So it's like okay, that so makes like, more sense now. If uh, that takes away one of my gripes with the movie, then if Ray Liotta were to cross that line, he mm-hmm. turned into like old sad sack, shoeless Joe Jackson, maybe go all last right. crusade on us yep. and just turn into dust. He wouldn't be. He wouldn't be able to play ball like he can now. He chose poorly. Poorly. <laughs> Dude, I like this is we're kind of getting there, but when they end up coming back and mm-hmm. they show up and Shoeless Joe's invited like other ball clubs and stuff, and there's mm-hmm. a bunch of other players there or whatever, and he's like, he's like, yeah, we Ty Cobb was asking or whatever, like, <laughs> like no one, like no one can stand him, you know. We told him to stick it or whatever, and he he does like the Goodfellas laugh. Oh yeah, yeah, it's like Dude. oh yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, so great. I think it's funny too because <laughs> Ty Ty Cobb he he does that maniacal laugh in like every movie he's in. <laughs> Including Muppets from Outer Space. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Ray Liotta, big yeah. Muppets fan. So the the other like so they pick up Archie and they're heading back and like you said like we said they're heading back to Iowa and he's like he tells them like oh yeah like I'm doing this to go to town to town to play a game whatever and then he just lays down and he sleeps for. What appears to be like forty hours on the trip. I'm like, you guys didn't check see if he's you know he's doing okay back there. Or? Right. But this is where we also find out that the last thing Ray said to his dad before he took off for California. Mm, that's right. At least my hero's not a criminal or something like yeah, that. Like you can't respect a man whose yeah. hero is a criminal. Shots fired. That's that's bold. How but dare then he you. runs off to California and gets educated. So right. And he even knew Shoeless Joe wasn't a criminal. Yeah. 17. We all said things when we were 17 that we right. regret. Yeah, it happens. I, I, I get that. That's right. So, yeah, and then that's where he also says, like, he refused to play catch with his dad, too. It's obviously an important plot point that will be discussed here shortly. So they get back, and I did say this, too. I don't know if you caught this or not, but one of the uh, players stretching in the background. St. Louis Cardinal jerseys. Those jersey? old Cardinal jerseys. They I just, saw it. They are beautiful. You think that was Musial, or is that too, no, cause too he, old? No, because Musial didn't die until. Was it Hornsby? Probably. I bet it was Hornsby. And then someone, like, later on, they pan through. It has, like, the old, like. It says ST and then Lewis, and they don't have the, the birds mm. on there, too. So I bet it's 
St. Louis Browns. I don't even know who that would be. I'm trying to think who that would be because it's like That's awesome. You like you have the Dean brothers. You got Rogers Hornsby. Like I, that's probably one somebody like that. I saw that jersey and thought of you. I was like, oh man, they just pop. They're beautiful jerseys. I'm sorry, absolutely gorgeous. So yeah, then they actually have a game. Um, Archie finally gets his at bat, tries to wink, (laughs) gets gets dusted off. But Shoeless Joe pulls him aside, says, all right, what do you think? I mean, good baseball strategy. Don't want to load the bases. Um, probably not going to walk you and look low and away. And he hits a weak fly ball in the outfield to get a save. How'd that guy not throw him out? Not Boy, good. Yeah, especially for somebody that was supposedly on the, the, the Black Sox team. <laughs> it was probably, it must have been uh, Ozuna out in the outfield. Ooh, yeah. That noodle arm. I will... Uh, <laughs> I will save comment about about Marcel. That dude. Yeah. Horrible arm. Dude. Okay. But sorry. I got to say that I was watching a Cardinal game the other day and they do like in between innings where they're panning like the crowd. They like focused in at least 10, 15 seconds on a guy wearing an Ozuna jersey and didn't pan away from it. I'm like. Terrible. Read the room, guys. Yeah, like, no kidding. Do not glorify a woman beater. That is not cool. Right. Allegedly. Well, it's true. Now that, like, it's affecting their money, she's, like, saying it never happened or some, something Yeah, crazy. it's so weird. The yeah. whole thing is weird. Right. But, yeah, even so, like, maybe wait till it clears up before you show the jersey. Like, <laughs> just give it a minute. Typical Cardinal fan. <laughs> and this, so, again, we, we go from that. So, they're playing the game. Um, they're all sitting there watching. Then Mark comes out, and he's like, I have a note. Just sign it. You can keep the house, and we'll buy the farmland. And Ray's like, we have to be able to keep the baseball field. Like, no, that's valuable farmland that you're missing out on. And he's, like, thinking about it because of obviously, like, he's probably finally at least starting to realize, like, hey, this could be a bad deal for my family. Yeah. And then this is Terrence's big speech about baseball going through, like, steamroller, or America going through, like, steamrollers, but baseball's been the one constant, and... People will come, Ray. People will come. Gets the entire player's attention. Everybody's like, okay, all right, cool. And then he's like, all right, I'm not selling. And then Mark assaults the daughter. Yeah, like, and <laughs> I, I, again, before that, I, like, I made a note of this. And I was like, okay, Karen's like, well, we'll just charge people money and they'll come and look and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, you can't seriously be listening to this. And I want to be like, yeah, that's a legitimate point. Like, your daughter is just trying to come up with a business strategy for yeah, you about... Good for her. Just pay $20 to come. That's a lot of money in 1989. Yeah, it is. 20 bucks. And she's not even talking about bed and breakfast stuff. She's no. just saying, like, come, come look at a field. field. I'm pretty sure it's free. The real Field of Dreams, if you go there, I'm pretty sure there's... I don't think there's an admission fee, but you can... It's like souvenirs. Yeah. You, know, you can buy, like, the... Oh, I remember, sure. I remember we bought dirt from, like, Left Field or something. It's yeah. Silly. Yeah, I think you can just go out on the field and just hang out. And then, yeah, like you said, he just totally assaults her and throws her off the bleachers. He, like, grabs her and constantly like, get your hands off her. And he, like, just dumps her off the, yeah. off the backside of the bleachers. And they are very calm about their daughter falling and then being unresponsive. Dude, he, like, tells Andy not to go call the ambulance. Yeah. Like, I would, I, hey, even if there's a doctor on the field, I'd probably, I'd, yeah, Kate, I would. You know, maybe just double yeah, check. I'd have a backup plan. Like, yeah, let's go ahead and get an ambulance Hey, out my here. daughter's not breathing. No, sit tight. You're cool. It'll yeah. be fine. No, Annie, wait. Don't worry. <laughs> let's wait. <laughs> Just let's see how this plays out. Right. Maybe she'll spit it out. That was the most unbelievable part of the movie. A yeah. mom not calling the ambulance. I know, and her actually stopping. Yeah. yeah. But again, this is kind of my thing. Like, I just people are like one extreme or the other. So Mark is like, 
a total jerk, throws his daughter off the bleachers, causes her to stop breathing. Archie crosses the line as a doctor, mm-hmm. just slaps her in the back, spits the hot dog out. Everything's fine. Very emotional scene. It, it was. And then Mark's like, hey, when did these baseball players get here? Right. Don't sell the field. Like, he tells a 180 in, like, four seconds. And Moonlight's career is over again, and he has to walk off into the corn. And yeah. Shoeless Joe stops him and Hey, rookie. You were good. Your one sack fly was really good, rookie. Yeah. I don't know if I – Shoeless Joe's is being nice. That sack fly, like, that's yeah. a you, – He actually sucked. I'm, I mean, I'm just going to say, I'm not going to try and pick at this open wound here, but let's just call it what it is. His sack fly was deeper than the infield fly in 2013 or 2012. Oh, my God. Yeah, his sack fly wouldn't even been called an infield fly. No. By that terrible umpire. Just brutal. Pete Cosma makes that, <laughs> makes that catch. I will say, though, it's a, it's a shame that uh, if all that was wrong with his daughter was she was choking on a hot dog, it's a shame that Archie wasn't in the crowd the night Ted Denslow choked on his hot dog <laughs> basketball and, uh, i know mr denzel they stopped selling them after the seventh inning someone get this man a hot dog milwaukee beers <laughs> the denzel cup oh anyway yeah and the the other part too i was like okay so all that happens like obviously like you said pretty emotional scene um little girls choking to death or we like we're not sure if like she broke her neck or something like okay so he slaps the hot dog out of her okay that's fine Mark's like, man, don't sell this field. Like, this is going to be great. And then they all start, like, laughing and, like, oh, it's, this is great. I was like, boy, they get over the attempt yeah. at murder very quickly. Right. The mom starts laughing. Like, oh, it's fine. It's no big deal. Yeah, you're not selling the farm, Ray. <laughs> yeah. But then, uh, yeah, so then they're done. They're like, all right, we're going to go for the day. And then this is where Joe invites Terrence out on the field. Ooh, and Ray gets jealous. Ray has a temper tantrum, which... At this point, I can understand why he would have a temper tantrum. I mean, he does have a good point. He built it. He Not only has he built it, he's gone to Boston, gone to Minnesota, back to Iowa, almost lost his farm, almost lost his daughter. Granted, he caused all of this to happen, but, I mean, like, he followed the instructions, and he's like, okay, what's in it for me? That's so, a legitimate... It is a good, it's a legitimate question, but, like, why did they only want to take Terrence Mann? What's their reasoning for him getting to go? I don't know. This, Maybe because he actually. This is why I think he's dead. Yeah, I th- I think now that I, the more you're you're saying this and the more evidence that's coming out, I think you're 100 percent right. Because Chula shows even like he's like I don't think you want to come with us, Ray. Or he, he's like you. Does like, Mark you, acknowledge him while he's sitting on the bleachers? I don't know. I need to go back and look to see if people actually like acknowledge him. Because nobody does at the game. Have like a sixth sense situation going on? No, because the people at the bar acknowledge him while they're there doing interviews. Do they? Yeah, because remember he's sitting there talking to a couple of them, and he's he's the one sitting at the bar. I feel like they do interact with him. Go back and watch. I'm sure he does interact with somebody. <sighs> I don't Maybe know. he had a heart attack <laughs> in Minnesota, <laughs> and they strap him to the hood of the car like in vacation. And after that point, he's he's a ghost. We'll drop her off at Eddie's on the way. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so he has a little bit of a temper tantrum, but then Terrence is like, it's okay. You know, I'll write about it when I get back. Right, tell you all about it. Tell you all about it. He starts going out there, and then this is the big reveal. His dad was the catcher. Hey, Dad, you want to have a catch? Yeah. He never calls him Dad up until that point. I, right. I'll say the whole time they have like a – a normal conversation. Yeah. 
And then he calls him dad, and then so like a guy so like he did know that, and his dad knew. I mean, they have they have a knowledge of because the, the one guy, one of the White Sox outfielders, does the like Wizard of Oz witch melting thing. Oh yeah, which clearly came after, you know, the nineteen nineteen right. White Sox. So yep, he definitely have knowledge of things, you know. Yeah, and Shoeless Joe even talks about like being away from the game for how being banned and right. all this other. So yeah, they they do. So I think he does know it's him. So then why, like, they both don't even acknowledge it at first? Maybe, maybe it's because it's awkward. Right? Maybe yeah, exactly. Ray maybe they're still having their. They don't know, you know, where to where to pick up at. Yeah. But yeah, that's, the big emotional payoff. You want to have a catch, Dad? I'm a sucker. I this this gets me. I'm. Like, I mean, I know it's kind of like lame a little bit. No, but man, at the same I, this, time, I I actually have absolutely no issue with that. Like this is like emotional. Sitting back and thinking to yourself, like, yeah, just being able to go have have play catch with your dad. Like, I get it. No, it's totally not, get that. Yeah, it's like at the end of the day, man. This movie's all about relationships. It reminds Takes. me a lot of uh, this is a weird. This is a weird. This is a stretch. Go there. But it reminds me a lot of Guardians of the Galaxy Part mm-hmm. Two. Mm-hmm. It's all about father sons relationships true. and like kind of baseball. They're playing catching. Superior movie and Kurt Russell's in it. I know, and I'm like, man, it's just like it's it's so powerful. It is. I, I get it. it. Takes on a whole new significance too. Um, but yeah, that's Field of Dreams. We uh, we talked about it. You got me to watch it again. So, do you want to? I have some. So I have some things. Do you want to do like rating? Do you want to like give us your final thoughts on it first? Or do you, you have questions, questions for me? I do have some questions, but they're like some of them are like movie related. Some of them are just random. Go ahead. It's okay. Let's do the questions, and I'll give you my my final thoughts and rankings. All right. I'm just gonna give you. I'll give you my Field of Dreams questions. And okay. Then I want to hear your your thoughts, and then I'll do my other questions. Bring bring them. Okay, this one's actually a little bit of both. Okay. So, did you watch the recent White Sox Yankees game, Phil Dreams game? I watched like I turned I was thumbing back and forth between it, so I caught some of the highlights, but I didn't watch the whole thing. It like so we were at we were in Kansas City and uh Dr. Mrs. Hightowers, also a doctor. Mm-hmm. Uh parents house watching it and or we were going to watch it and the power went off out for like 3 hours, so didn't get to see any of it, so I had to watch it all like after the fact. But like, I love that they had Costner there, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh, they're gonna like MLB is gonna screw this up. It's gonna be like super lame." Like yeah. it was phenomenal. Yeah, I I did appreciate that. I'm great. glad he came back and he didn't like he wasn't a jerk about it, which that doesn't surprise. He doesn't. Yeah, he seems pretty cool. He seemed pre- especially now, like after his '90s run of some movies that maybe weren't yeah. his best. Like I feel like he's definitely. Yeah, it was super cool, and like the game was phenomenal, and like it was you know a bunch of home runs, like yeah. a walk off home run. Dude, the jerseys were super cool. Like they like had the old school flair, but like with like you know like updated yeah. Nike versions of them. I'll tell you what, I'm not a fan of next year's game. Who is it? Cubs. Cubs and Reds. Cubs Reds. Yeah, it's not really exciting. And the Cubs just—it's. I mean, let's just call it what is the Cubs AAA affiliates going to be playing the Reds next I'll year? Say the Reds are like pretty good too. They're now. not bad. So yeah, the Reds should. Just destroy the Cubs. Yeah, it's just uh, what a horrible like. Because last year it was supposed to be the Cardinals and Yankees. Oh, that's right. You got like postponed. that. That is a correct way to start off your Field of Dreams game. I forgot about that. It did get postponed. I understand putting the White Sox in there. Yeah, they're part like, of the movie. Yeah, that makes sense. I get that. And the Yankees. I understand everybody. The Yankees are the evil empire of baseball. Right. Like I totally get that. But like then your your follow up. Yeah. Is Cubs Reds like I understand well, Cincinnati is the oldest. Yeah, Reds is the oldest uh, franchise. Yeah, I, I totally get that. Cubs Cincinnati Cubs would have made sense if you kept even some of that 
core. Isn't that weird? They just it's cut. not. They're this is what the Cubs do. That's crazy, man. But anyway, sorry. That was that was question. Okay, that was. Uh, I already asked you about going to Dyersville. Mm-hmm. We already talked about who we thought the voice was. Yep. Um, okay, here we go. Uh, so Kevin Costner has a string of baseball films. He does. He's got one where he's in the minors, mm-hmm. Bull Durham. He's got another where he's like a veteran pitcher mm-hmm. for the love of the game. We obviously have Field of Dreams where he's, you know, not a player, but, you know, there's the connection yeah. to baseball. If there were to be another Kevin Costner baseball film, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would you like to see? Or, you know, give me a... Like present day or like had he made another no, one? No, like if he were like to, in 2021, put out another baseball-related movie... Where would you like it to go? What would you like it to see? Or you mm-hmm. know, just and I'm put you on the spot here, but anything. I what, what jumps into your brain? Immediately, first thought is he's a manager. You nailed it. You already you already hit it out of the park. Man, managing, ideally, I would say managing. I don't want to do say minor league team because that they did that in like the third major league movie and it doesn't go well. And I just, I feel like managing in the minors for a movie is not that exciting. So you need to be managing like a Miami or a Pittsburgh or Detroit or something like that. A team that's can't be Detroit. He already, he already pitched. Right. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, But I know what you're saying. Like a team that's not doing well, not like a typical, like big time franchise also. Yeah. And I feel like if you do that, like you need to have him be, obviously have some serious character flaws too like not to the level of like an any given sunday character flaws but like somebody that's clearly like washed out obviously was like maybe tom hanks was in league of their own like a Mm -hmm. all-star and obviously turns the team around and then obviously you know retires at the end of the season or something like that so that's the direction i would go and i gotta write the script man yeah i mean i got i got all kinds of pitches basically like 99 percent like so i have like the longest time I've had this idea that Costner makes a, his final baseball movie where he's a manager. Yeah. And, like, it has to be, like, a random team. It has to be, like, a, you know, like you said, like, Midwest would be even better. Just, like, you yeah. know, like, or even, like, the Rockies. Like, yep. some weird. I was, I was, I was going to say, be the like, Yankees. It can't Rockies, be the Cardinals. No Cubs. Mariners. Like, it's got to be, yeah, just an absolutely just off the wall. Yeah. I mean, Indians have been done. Tigers, he already did the Tigers. Right. But, yeah, just, like, I just, oh, just random team. Yeah. Diamondbacks even would work. Yeah. But just, yeah, where he's going through, like, personal struggles at the same time that he's having this, like, resurgence in the game. And then at the end, he dies. I thought about that, too. Ending thought... <laughs> ending the baseball movie career. I th- I mean, that would be good. I The only thing that I think would take that to the next level is you need to have Kurt as some sort of assistant coach as well. I'm Doesn't have to be a big part, but glad. Kurt has baseball in his blood. I'm glad you brought that up. That's so funny. We're in, we're in tune with the tides. That's what. We, listen, that's we're we're on the same page about a lot of things. We're not going to be on the same page about ratings. I, I spoiler alert so, everybody, but well, okay, we're going to hold off the ratings. I, so. won't, I won't tell you. Since you brought Kurt up, yes. I'm going to bring this up. I was going to save this for later, but uh, I just recently rewatched the Battered Bastards of Baseball. Great, great documentary. Just like over the last few nights, yep. I've just been doing some laundry and whatever, and just kind of threw it on and got sucked in. Yeah, Kurt is like, it's just he's a great storyteller. Yep, it's good to hear him talking about his dad and just that story in general. Even even if you take Kurt out of the equation, it's just a phenomenal story. And I like, know. 
you haven't seen that on Netflix, you gotta go check it out. It's phenomenal. So great. It's so crazy to think like how successful they were too. It is nuts. Just, they had a they held an open tryout and were beating all these single A like prospects. Like I, it's I, so crazy. When I watch that, like I'm thinking to myself, like this is like if semi pro actually happened in real life. Yeah. It's nuts. Because there's no reason that team should win, yeah. be successful, anything like that. And they had – who what, was it? Ne- no, it wasn't Necro. Jim it was, Bouton. Yeah, the, the knuckleballer. Or, or Bouton, depending on how, where you're, where you're yeah. from. Yeah, the knuckleballer that yeah, came back and pitched. The guy who wrote Ball 4. Yeah. Like, he was blackballed from baseball. So I exactly. get why they got him. Yeah, but it's still it's like it's crazy. And then like these guys are on Johnny Carson and stuff like yeah. that. Like it's just nuts, man. It's an incre- It's it's an awesome story. Great story. And added to it, they had a freaking left-handed catcher. Yeah, it's so great. I know. It's so great. Oh man, the one dude, like their best player at the end, they like kind of give you an update on like all their, all their like happenings, whatever. And one dude's been like missing. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> like super dark turn at the end. Like whoa. They like think he was like an FBI informant and like he's <laughs> probably either dead or in the witness protection. Program. Did not did not see that one coming. Right. Ooh, okay, interesting. Who was that one? Like their bat boy was like he's a director now. Hey, he won like an Academy Award. Yeah, for, <laughs> for doing something. It was but, a, was it a documentary or something? I can't remember what the film was, but yeah, I remember because he actually like did some acting and then he got into yeah filmmaking and directed an Academy yeah Oscar movie. Crazy. But yeah, great. Uh, glad you brought Kurt up. Yeah. yeah, it was good to see him in great, there. Great, great documentary too. It's so weird to think that that's that was Kurt's dad too doing all that. It's so like he's had Kurt has had such an interesting career. Like I know, child actor. Like then somehow had time to be a baseball star. Like played in college. Got like was in the minors. Yeah, got was banged, doing very well in the minors. Banged up a little bit. Came out, did some more acting. Then randomly. Went to Portland, Oregon to play for his dad. Got got hurt again, but I mean, it's just so strange. Then jumped back into acting, and then decided to open his own winery. That's right. And still acts. It's so bizarre. He's man of many parts. This was all before his. Eight, this was like yeah, in the like late mid late seventies. So it's all before his uh, John Carpenter yeah years. Formative years. Oh, so weird. But yeah, anyway. All right, back to Phil Dreams here. Yes. Do you have any questions or should I go ahead and finish this with the MVP? No, you're of good. I, ha- I, have no, I have no questions. Okay. So, MVP of the film, who you got? James Earl Jones. 100%. Baseball, Ray. <laughs> They're really playing that commercial to death, man. That, where like, baseball. America's gone by like steamrollers, but baseball has been the one constantly. <laughs> My MVP? Mm-hmm. I'm not going Costner. Okay. I think Costner's good. Mm-hmm. I think he's, I like his humor in this film. Mm-hmm. But my MVP, Ray freaking Leota. He does a, he does a tremendous job. He's so great. He like if you go back and like count up his minutes in the movie, it's got to be very low. Yeah, it's not oh much. Oh my gosh! Like when he first shows up and just yeah, I love all the baseball scenes, man. And like Ray Liotta's responsible. I think this is why. So my buddy Luke and I have a you know I mentioned this before how like i we kind of jokingly having to have this leota athletic rivalry. right yeah but like my love for leota clearly stems from the field of dream stuff like it's i mean it's, it has to there's no it's fair other, i yeah, mean I just, he does he does a tremendous job with it too which could be kind of tricky because it's like hey you're playing a character that kind of a ghost kind of not a ghost right a historical baseball player and you need to make him somehow human Right. 
Like, that could very easily have been a very weird or horrible character given a lesser actor. And thankfully, it was Ray Liotta. I know. And who, by all accounts, like, hated working on this movie. Which yeah. Which I didn't know at the time, so that's fine. I did not know that until you just said that. Yeah, he, like, apparently, like, did not enjoy, did not enjoy <laughs> this film. Not so. a big fan of Iowa, huh? Well, he wasn't, like, a baseball player. And, like, so, like, I'm like, why did you even hire this guy then? Yeah, no kidding. Besides being a good actor. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm going Liotta. That's fair. He, he does a tremendous job. James Earl Jones, also a great pick. Yeah. Great actor. Good. I'm good with either one. Okay. I think those are all my questions. All right. So let's get down to brass tacks. Yeah. Let's talk the Richter scale rating. Talking Richter scale now. Just a reminder for you folks at home, the 6.9 on the Richter scale is the best score you could get. That'd be a perfect film. So, yeah. Having said that, you want me to go first? Go for it. Okay, I've already locked in here before filming, before recording here. I am going to. Oh yeah, I was gonna. I have a little house housekeeping note here. Okay, so this is gonna be confusing here, but as I was putting this in here, I realized that I I needed to make do some do some rearranging because I feel like I have Predator too high. Okay. So before I give you my ranking here, I'm gonna move Predator to a five point eight. Okay. From a six zero to a five point eight, still a great score. Still Absolutely. love Predator. Yep. And then I'm going to, so, uh, like, Big Lebowski, Adventures in Babysitting are going to leapfrog Predator. Okay. And then also leapfrogging Predator, Fill the Dreams, coming out at a 5.9. Very strong rating. Yeah, so it's going to be, it's a it's a top 10 for me right now. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> All right, you're up. <laughs> okay. So, I backpedaled initially because I, I felt a little bad. As you should. <laughs> it was very close to coming in below Roger Rabbit, and I'm not kidding. Um, My goodness. It is going to be second to last for me at a 3.0. 3.0? Okay. Let me, let me move Roger down. Part of it is I probably should have watched it when I was younger. It was not on quick rotation. In my synopsis of this movie... Ray is an irresponsible father and husband who <laughs> risks his family fortune because he got pissy with his dad when he was 17, ran off to college, is regretting that, ruins Terrence's life, possibly, if he's still alive, interferes <laughs> in lots of people's lives. Killed Terrence. Almost kills his daughter. That was, his, that was the uncle. Just so he can have a catch with his dad. That he could have done when his dad was alive had he not been a dick. He's very irrational, ruins people's lives, and the plot just kind of moves him along where it needs to, whenever it needs to be. So I know I'm going to catch flack for this. The missus and I were talking about this last night. She is not a super fan either. She fell asleep while watching. and Terrible. We, she woke up. She's like, I just I don't get it. Like... You know, our, I know I know a lot of people like it. She's like, I don't get it. I said, I'm going to tell you right now, you and I are in the very super minority on this, but I am going to stand my ground. Not a fan. And this is not a personal attack at you or your father. I or, get it. I or get all it, fans man. of the film. Hey, to each their own. Everything you said, I can't even argue with. Like, he's definitely selfish. He was a baby. And everything you said is correct. But this movie still is just fantastic. I'm, it's okay. I and like I said, I want to make this abundantly clear. Like I totally get and respect what they're going for here. Baseball is 
baseball. Obviously, very important to the both of us. We talk about scores and we're in a fantasy league together and all this other stuff. Like, I totally get that. Baseball is a huge part of my life. Always will be. Um, always appreciate, like, that relationship. You know, being able to have a catch with your dad. You know, that's obviously an important thing. But, damn it if it was not executed very well for me. <laughs> Do you know who I blame? Papa Cash. Papa Cash. Papa. I'm holding him accountable for this. Papa Cash was, he was firmly in the overrated camp as well. He was like, I just, I didn't, I never got it. I'm going to give you another hot take here. Bull Durham is overrated. Bull, you know what? Bull Durham is a little bit overrated. I just, I hear people all the time about how much they lo- love That's that movie. That's got like a ton of great lines. Oh, yeah. But the movie itself is, there's a lot of bad parts. Another poorly played baseball game. The Susan Saran and stuff is oh, bad. Oh, God, yeah. I don't like that stuff at all. Just awful. All the Costner stuff is great. Yep. There's some great lines. But yeah, there's some bad stuff. Kevin Costner's fantastic. The the manager and the pitching coach are fantastic. Right. Like, I Knox. <laughs> yeah. Knox like I Batman. love like yeah, but those two Luke like, Those Bull Durham and Field of Dreams for me. And it's weird because like I said, I like Kevin Costner. I like a lot of the movies he's been in. Um I don't know why. These just didn't they never resonated with me. That's so interesting. And so, I am in the minority, and I will acknowledge that. We have now watched twenty four films. Twenty four. And your twenty third favorite of those twenty four is Fill the Dreams. Yeah, and I'm I'm gonna stand by hey, it. I'm not gonna give you I'm not gonna give you crap okay. about it. I, I understand. I have it at nine, you have it at twenty three. To each their own. I'm gonna pro- <laughs> <laughs> Just to give some context, everybody. <laughs> just uh just you know, updating the list here. Absolutely. Predator still top ten. Predator's also. a great movie. I'm see, but that's like one. Like I said, that was not one on constant rotation, and that was one of our early films. I know and that like really surprised me. I mean, I know I liked it, but I just kind of forgot how much I did like it's it. It's so much fun, like yeah, just a good movie. We've watched a ton of great movies. We I think to... I told you I watched that one like three times, and like the second and third time, I was like, I'm just gonna watch this because I want to watch it again. Yeah, it's a good Arnold's so great, absolutely, and Jesse the Body, obviously. Of course, I ain't got time to be Mac Man. <laughs> All right, do you have any uh, – I, I should give a shout-out. Brian, my good buddy Brian, uh, kind of a newer listener. Mm-hmm. This guy I work with, uh, he's been listening. So uh, he's actually submitted a list too. So oh, we'll, fantastic. We'll you told to, me that. Yeah. We'll have to get a, or one of our bonus steps. We'll, we'll cover his movies. He's, I got a sneak peek of it. He sent some good movies. So Okay. Uh, he also – I should add this too. He like came into my room the other day at work, and he 100% looks like 80s Kurt Russell right now. Really? Like – I'm talking like Snake Plissken. He's because he's got he actually got a really like long beard, but he just like shaved it. Yeah. So he and then in my room at work, I have a picture of Snake Plissken on the wall. Yeah. And he was like standing right next to it, and I was like, "Oh my god, you look!" Because <laughs> his hair is the same length. President of what? I'm not, right. I'm like, dude, we need to get you like an eye patch, and you can you can totally be Snake Plissken. Absolutely. But yeah, so shout out to Brian. He's been listening. Uh, Doctor Dub checked in again. Oh, I didn't even get to the great Doctor Dub story. Dang it. Okay, here we go. Let's hear it. So we, I think you referenced uh, Ernest Scared Stupid mm-hmm. last week, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it triggered a memory. Oh boy! For Doctor Dub <laughs> at a back in the day at a, a church lock-in, okay, where they also watched Ernest Scared Stupid, mm. but uh, there was some romantics going on. Oh, he said the first time he remembers handholding. Oh, with a with a lady at the uh, church lock-in. You know so. who else has hands? 
the devil, and he uses him for Holden. <laughs> I know. I can't believe he got away with that. At the, yeah, at the, uh, the well, church Well, I mean, lock-in. if Ernest Scared Stupid is nothing, it is a romantic film. Right, and it, it brings people together. It does. So, But, yeah, that was just good. Good. Dr. Dove is always listening. Yeah. Appreciate He's it. Always, he is always like, hey, get a new get a new episode out. He's always driving us to, to do I better. Pr- I appreciate that. So, yeah. I'll take I'll take the blame for the hiatus this week. We had we got no, a new I, base, fall baseball schedule coaching. Hey, we have to live our lives. Ba- baby, baby's freaking demanding. She hasn't got a job yet. We have to live. Bum. <laughs> get, get a job. Go to college. But yeah, do you have any uh, final words? No, uh, Big Dave uh, sent me a text. He loved the Raiders of the Lost Ark episode too. Um, He's got a list in, but actually, fun fact, we already covered that. That's our lost That's episode. Right. That's our lost episode. That one we'll, will come we'll, out at some point. We're getting, we right. got that. We got some new lists. Like I said, we talked about maybe some potential uh, different bonus episode ideas. We're going to you know, play with the format, things like that. But as always, guys, we appreciate you listening. That's right. Don't hate me for hating Field of Dreams. Hate him. Or hate me. I don't care. Hate him. I'll drink in your booze. Send your angry comments to, what is our, cashinhightower at gmail.com? <laughs> or you can send it at AOL Instant Messenger, big booties with seven Zs. <laughs> <laughs> big booties 47. Big booties 47. At hotmail. At hotmail. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. We, uh, we're out of time. That's it. All right. We'll catch you on the flip side. See ya. Adios. People will come, Ray. Hey, is this heaven? No, it's Iowa. I better be getting home. At least she'll think I got a girlfriend. Well. Bye.